What are you drinking? Uh, the uh, I'm on the he- heavy stuff today. It's water as usual. I was really, really tired uh, earlier, so I had a cup of tea, but it didn't do anything. So, cup of tea, cup um, of tea. Almost woke up. Cup of tea. Almost. Um, <laughs> I'm still doing uh, the in- the intermittent fasting thing, and so um, yeah, I I had a. A black tea with no milk for the first time in, in like ever. So, do you weigh yourself? I mean, like, do you have a scale, or do it's you have to do it at the doctor's? To weigh, weigh myself because I can't stand on the scale. Yeah, I know. Um, so, no, I, I I wish I had because I'd be able to see my progress. Yeah, the score. It, it like I need that gamification for yeah. weight loss. Yeah. Uh, I need that to know the progress because I need like the score markers in my right. head yeah. to make it a game. Yeah, I really wish I had it, had it, man. Really, um, I, I know that since the di- diagnosis, the t- type two diabetes di- diagnosis, I've I must have lost something, and now I'll never know how, how much. I'll never know how heavy I got, but maybe that's a good. I don't know. Um, well, the funny thing is, um, if you look at the. Um, the fanfic catch-up reading. Yeah. Um, I started the, doing the fanfic readings in December 2019. Okay. And I was 40 pounds heavier. Oh, yeah. So the fanfic reading this year <laughs> has been like a, a progress of yeah. uh, my weight loss over this year. Although it's plateaued, certainly, because... It's like- like um the Stephen King novel thinner um except you're not going to wet waste away into nothing please don't do, do we that. hope don't do, do we hope yeah. hello everyone welcome to the podcast of the nerds i'm ian howdy friends and my name is jack jack um it looks like we're both trying to take the lessons of the previous podcast to heart you're looking smashing yes. thanks man so are you thanks you're always you're always pretty to i thought to i would me. i thought i would um yeah it you know, kind of class it up. <laughs> you're looking very fancy, sir. I actually can. Can I be honest about something? I didn't realize you you were wearing that until this very second. So. Yeah, I, cu- I couldn't actually find a tie, so this is a bathrobe tie, and then I just made a Windsor out of it. You're welcome. I dig it. People watching. See, 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 see. We were talking about having no style last <laughs> week, and here we are. I'm looking fly. You're looking fly. This is. Yeah, yeah, moving my, on up in, in the world, man. In my Picard Make It Snow shirt. But it snow it's got a tie, one. so it's classy now. Uh, today on the shortened podcast, Jack and I are a little bit tired. I'm drinking... Um, this is... So I'm still trying to make tea my alcoholic replacement. So uh, you're literally trying to become a... What, what, what is it? A tea? A tea totaler or something like that? I don't think that's what tea totaling is. Is that what it is? I think it is. I, 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 Recovering I alcoholics know. who drink tea. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like an, an expression one uses when you don't drink. But I don't know. I, yeah. No, but they don't do anything. They don't do naughty stuff. I want to do naughty stuff. I just can't drink anymore because I... What kind of no, naughty stuff. I, huh? I, it's... <laughs> but this is... I got a new. I have a Keurig here, and I got a uh, a new like. The thing is, like with the tea bag and the microwaving the water and stuff like that, right. that's too much work. 
So I needed the uh, the. I'm an American. Okay, I need this stuff done for me. Uh, sorry, that's going to be less funny when we get to the later part of the conversation. <laughs> um. Anyway, I got a uh, a mixed thing of a hundred of them, and it has like oolong and jasmine and. Tea is a lot like coffee for me in that um, I love the way it smells mm-hmm. so much that I like I would do it just for that. Yeah. You know, I think smell is a very underrated sense. Uh, a friend of mine sent me a care package, and she included this candy cane green tea. Interesting. And, like, one of the things I'm dealing with uh, without drinking is more persistent anxiety and stress Mm -hmm. because I drank to shut my brain down and unwind, and I struggle to do that normally. And one of the things, like, when I'm having high anxiety or a bit of an attack or whatever, I've been opening this box and smelling it, and it's been helping does it take take you back to like Christmas as as a child it just or something? It smells so good and organized and specific. Okay. It's like a focus Cause... in a moment. Do you know what I mean? Like a yeah. smell is yeah can be a I mean, point in I think, time. Um, I might be wrong, but I I think don't like science scientists believe that like smell has the greatest capability of like reminding you of something, taking you like. It has the potential to give you the most n- nostalgia out of any other sense. I could be wrong, but it's definitely one of them. That's not what I get from this, though. I mean, I, I yes, okay. I, I think that's absolutely true. I, uh, is, yeah. is smell is one of the biggest triggers for memory. Yeah. But, like, a specific... Um, catered, curated smell, mm-hmm. you know, is such a a fine detail for the senses right that yeah. for me it, it helps curtail an emotional spin do you know what mm-hmm. i mean where yeah. like you're just kind of it's kind of like if you're spinning out and someone puts a hand on your shoulder mm-hmm. and that grounds you in time right. or a place or whatever it's like an anchor okay the in in a weird way i've been feeling lately like smell is an underrated sense i actually prefer the smell of coffee to any other part of the experience of coffee i drink it because it's a functional beverage for me yeah but it smells so much better than it is and that smell is enriching i don't know i think this is something i was thinking about recently and do you find it it smells better than it uh tastes yes i coffee yeah. yeah I asked that because there's this tea I love. It's called uh, Lapsang Suchong, and it's got this amazing smoky smell to it. It literally smells like a campfire, but it doesn't really taste like it, sadly. Or maybe that's for, for the best. I'm not sure. <laughs> I like it in my nose. I don't know if I'd like it in my mouth. Yeah, what other things smell way better than they actually are? Yeah. I'm just curious about that. Um, Bacon smells. Um, bacon's one of the best smells ever, but it tastes really good too. Can, so, can that, I admit that, something to you? And yeah. you promise you won't like think oh, sure. different of me or disown me. That's not possible. I, I, I think bacon is kind of overrated. Yeah. Well, yeah. In the internet sense of like yeah. bacon, all the things. I think bacon needs to be thin, crunchy, and yeah. not overdone. 
But it's yeah. it's very easy to do bacon poorly. But I still yeah. think bacon smells better, like, is one of the better kitchen smells. Certainly, certainly. Common yeah, kitchen I just, smells. I've, I've, I've always felt that it's just not as good to me as a lot of other pe- people making it out yeah, to I would agree be. Like, if I had to choose between the bacon and the eggs, I would go the eggs any day. Yeah. And not just bacon, because I'm a diab- diab- diabetic now. It's definitely the eggs, always. Oh. Well, this, uh, long story short, this is um, cinnamon orange citrus tea. Cinnamon oh, spiced nice. orange citrus tea. It is real good, and the whole office yeah. smells amazing right now. See, I, see, I was going to ask if you've tried some of the uh, fruity, citrusy stuff, and because that's the when when we're getting to the more I don't know exotic uh, yeah. teas, I, I I prefer those. Myself. I mean, you can put sugar in anything, and it tastes better. That's the thing to avoid. As I know, um, my dad had a thing about that growing up. I like you know you remember any life lessons that were were overemphasized, but maybe a little stupid. <laughs> like I remember, uh, we were standing in line at Furs Cafeteria, and which was my favorite place to eat for my birthday, um, because it's like unlimited food. It's a bounty of food. You can eat whatever you want, yeah, and right. none of it's great. But but anyway, um, he would always go off about don't put stuff in stuff because then you're not enjoying the thing. You're enjoying the thing you're putting in the thing. So mm-hmm. if you put a bunch of sugar and milk in tea, you're not actually enjoying the tea. You're creating something that other than what the tea is. Yeah, it's stupid. Okay. But I grew up drinking everything straight as a result of that. Uh, coffee and whatever. Like, But I don't know why he didn't apply that same methodology to food. You yeah. know, like sauces are the best parts of... Yeah. Most things. It's, most things are a conveyance for sauces. Right. It's interesting because um this is this is probably another very unpopular um opinion, but coffee, I think it tastes bad without a little bit of sweet sweetness to it. That maybe that's just me. It probably is just just me in many, many cases, but I like unsweetened coffee is no thanks. Yeah, I think I just forced myself to acquire the taste mm-hmm. where okay. I just know the bitter that is coffee and what's coming yeah. from my mouth parts when I right. sip at the cup yeah. and and uh, I don't I actually I've been eating a lot of ice cream which I hear is common when people quit drinking but other than that yeah. I, I drink mostly diet beverages I don't put sugar in in anything yeah. so I don't know um since my diagnosis, I've switched to uh, just black tea. Um, I haven't had a hand of coffee since. Um, that's mostly because uh, coffee sort of raises the the blood pressure a little, raises the heart heart rate, and I just wanted yeah, to does. kind 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 of avoid that. And also, like like I've started using like light light milk and stuff. But um, yeah, I think I mentioned last week that I use a sugar uh, alternative called xylitol, and uh, yeah, so, so so I whack some some of that in my. Uh, and it's it's good it does the uh, job and it doesn't raise my blood sh- sugar level so hey that's good yeah yeah good deal um, 
And uh, I've <coughs> been trying some uh, diet soda, but I'm going to stop doing that because I've done a little bit of research on aspartame and I'm not sure if I'm comfortable putting that inside of me. Yeah. Uh, there's a, I've read that there are correlations with... Um, I forgot the name of the disease that causes you to forget things. <laughs> you mean like Al Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's disease, and uh, which yeah. run which I've had instances um, of in my family. And I drink only diet beverages. I drink tons wow, of okay. aspartame, wow. and I have a terrible memory. Okay. So, <laughs> well, from from the research I've done, it seems that like basically to sum it up, more research is needed. Yeah. It, it it appears to be safe, but maybe not. So yeah. yeah, like I've got I've got like a couple of cans of uh, di uh sugar free spray in here. Once they're uh, gone, I'm not gonna buy any again. I just I missed a little bit of a sweet bubbliness in my my life. And yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, for me, that's that's a big thing with food. Well, today on the shortened podcast, or so we said, uh, there's yes. we're going to get into some of your comments. Yes. Uh, the comments on the podcast have been incredibly kind, as always, Very much so. and uh, especially a lot of fun. since I uh, joined joined the uh, ranks, uh, everybody's been so incredibly kind to me, and I, yeah. and I really appreciate that. Well, I mean, things got a lot better, so they're very excited. And the um, uh, so we're gonna talk a few of those. We are gonna do what we've been watching this week, and then uh, we're gonna do the fanfic reading. Here is gone, Terry Butter, chapter twenty-eight. Twenty-eight. Wow. There's forty-four. Yeah, um, yeah. And you just uploaded uh, like a four-hour uh, catch-up video, right? So, uh, yeah. Uh, there's a four and a half-hour uh, version of it that is just the fanfic readings to this point that uh, we'll link in the description of this video. If mm -hmm. you have been avoiding the fanfic reading because it seemed like an intimidating thing to catch up on, uh, I mean, there's now that video. You should. It's a lot of fun if you're sitting in a cubicle or working from home or playing a video game that you don't need the sound for. Um, throw it on. Have a listen. The uh, there I will tell you, there are bits in the fanfic reading that I thought that should have been in the series. And uh, maybe when we finish the fanfic reading, we'll have a conversation where we review it, uh, okay, which I think good. could be a lot of fun. Okay, yeah, um, yeah, that's a great, great idea. And I'm then down. we need to figure out how we're going to pick the one after that. But I will tell you that when I was doing this alone, uh, Jack, several times I had the thought, it was just such a big thing to to think about what to talk about this week and what to say and mm -hmm. all of that. And I, and I had the thought that, um, that I was considering letting the podcast go or that it wasn't going to be a thing or whatever. But the fanfic was the reason I was yeah. like, well, I've got to... I want to know what the hell happens. <laughs> Some sort of inspiration sort of kept the love going. Yeah, I can't, I can't hang everyone. I can't read 15 chapters of this damn thing and then stop and hang everyone out to dry. So well, um, I'll be sure to make sure you start another one because I do wonder, this isn't stopping anytime soon. I do wonder if Terry Boda is out there. Terry, if you're listening, uh, shoot us an email at thepassionatenerd yeah, at gmail.com. I tried to... Uh, contact this person uh, mm -hmm. whether I, uh, to talk about 
you know, I, I initially I was just reading a chapter from different fanfics, and then we kind of mm-hmm. got hooked on this one, and so I reached out, and I was never able to get a hold of her, just to okay. say, um, hey, I hope you're cool with hmm. uh, that we're reading this whole thing, but I'm having a ton of fun with it. It's really great. Yeah, maybe we could even uh, have her on and have a bit bit of a chat. Yeah, we could have a discussion. Yeah. It would be kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Terry, if you're out there, hit us up, and yeah, we'd love to have you. So, Jack. Yes, Ian. I had uh, a weird experience this week. This is going to be a very roundabout kind of story. Okay, Okay. I'm ready. Lay lay it on me. But I I bring it back again. Um, uh, I was talking with a friend, Mm -hmm. and I told her... uh, I was talking with a friend, my my friend... Yeah, oh, your f- my friend. Your friend. No, she yeah. uh, and told her uh, that my roommate and I um, both separately had come out and said that we'd gone and looked up citizenship requirements for New Zealand. I've also looked at the ones for Canada and a couple of different ones. We don't need to get into why. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's completely understandable for an American given the current state of uh, the United States. So well, I mean, that's, that's a trick. That's a trick. We'll, we'll leave it at that. That's a trick. It's dark times right now, but I've also been thinking about. Um, ha- our own individual personal ethics and how those reflect on a national scale and, um, you know, sort of what you should be- believe should be human rights and yada, yada, yada. But um, that's not what we're here for, Jack. We're okay. here to distract. We are, yes. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> Jack. Ian. Yeah. I love you. I just think you're kind of neat. <laughs> I'm kidding. You, you know I love you, man. I, lo- yeah. I love you too. Um, no, no doom yeah. scrolling is all I'm saying. Yeah, in yeah. Podcast and I mean, it's 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 easy to get caught up in that uh, during the, these uh, times. Like, even even when you're not intentionally uh, doom doom scrolling, if you're just looking for puppies and and so dumb that they're hilarious memes, you you eventually stumble on, on something that's. Uh, sad or de- depressing or makes you want to cleanse the world yeah. with fire. And I'm I'm uh I mean I think it's important to understand the roots of your own procrastination and I think I understand mm-hmm. the roots of mine which are like fear of failure and ADD and all of this stuff. But right. it's there and so sure. uh, you know I will find myself sitting there procrastinating and scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and then doom scrolling becomes fuel for itself rather than the procrastination yeah it's, a, it's like, like a vicious cycle that fuels itself yeah, yeah i used to delete before i started the channel i used to delete my facebook account once a yeah, year yeah uh I remember um in the first like couple, couple of years we were uh, t- talking i got several ma- messages where you're like i think i'm gonna delete uh yeah uh the uh fa- facebook here's uh my email and yeah yeah so. i've now accepted it as part of life but uh, uh or rather part of the job i you know mm-hmm. i have to have social media for this that and the other thing yeah. but i i block myself from it on a regular basis yeah but you're yeah. very you're, you're very rarely on yeah if media. i didn't have i i i think i posted my first thing on facebook since january the other day on my personal account and not the right. channel account anyway mm-hmm. i was telling a friend friend about this conversation um i was having with my roommate nigel and she told me yeah i did 
exactly the same thing that she had gone and looked at the the uh, citizenship requirements for New Zealand. New Zealand again, totally understandable <laughs> and and nice attempt with uh, the accent. There. Thanks. You 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 get it. Buddy. I'll get it. I'll get it. Um, but we both laughed and said, "Wouldn't it be funny if we just took like a big tr- long trip next year and I don't know, got a place or something like that?" <laughs> hey, 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 wait a second. <laughs> um, the last time that happened, right. I was chatting with Nigel mm-hmm. while working for LinkedIn. And I said, wouldn't it be funny, Nigel, if I quit my job and became like your 10th family member? And we both laughed and went, hey, wait a minute. And that was two years ago. Uh, my two-year anniversary of living with his family is this coming December. And it has been a huge incredibly important experience for me um so she and i just started talking and thought about well why wouldn't we what about the and we looked up like uh rentals and cities and big universities Uh and it was just one of those electric conversations where yeah. you're both firing you're off each other. And yeah, you, we're just a yeah. buzz. It's you a it's a full on buzz. Yeah. It it is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is. It's it it's it's intoxicating and it's exciting. Um you know. Yeah. 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 Um those those kinds of conversations they're yeah, they're they're magical, you know, just sort of exploring the ideas no matter how kind of um, fantastical or far-fetched they might seem. Um, I remember actually a couple of years, years ago, um, a friend and I, uh, we uh, went over to Tasmania, which is the tiny little, little island at the bottom of uh, the mainland here in um, Australia. And we just drove, drove around for our two, two weeks. We, we, re- uh, we rented a car and just had some tents and just camped out. And yeah, it was fun. But um. Yeah, like literally like three or four days before my friend was leaving, he was telling me about the uh, trip and what he was going to do. And then he just kind of like paused and stared at me all like, why? What? Why died? I'm like, wait, what? What? And he's like, why don't you come with me? <laughs> and and I was just like, uh, like my my immediate uh, I had this split second immediate like, oh, well, there's only a couple of days and I haven't packed and I haven't planned and blah, 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 blah. But then I just like almost immediately i had this kind of um i just had this moment where i was like well why not you know yeah that's a big part of it right yeah why not why wouldn't i do that yeah yeah and i just thought that there's literally no reason why i i can't do do this i've got no obligations uh then that i have to stick around for and i could afford it financially so screw it let's do it and like three or four days late, later, we're on the the, the uh, ferry heading out into Bass Strait and on our way to ta- Tasmania, and it's still like one of my favorite experiences. It was so so much fun, and it just wouldn't have happened if if I had um, gone with that immediate oh maybe may not kind of kind of thing. You have to be open to these kind of like like it seems reckless, but sometimes well, you have to just do it, you know. I mean, that's a big question, right? Is how do you tell the difference between uh, just a good old adventure and a boat? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And I, I think what it is is that uh, the boat destroys something. The boat destroys some possibility. 
Um, right. uh, I did the boat recklessly in a way that that was um, I didn't plan for. I didn't do all the steps. I didn't. It's not that the boat was a bad idea. I still mm-hmm. think it's a good idea. I still dream about the boat, sure, uh, which but is a weird but, but thing. But it, yeah, but yeah. there's still ways to to go about it, that, right? Uh, but I was miserable and and mm-hmm. and uh, depressed in my current circumstances, and just looking to wipe the slate as quickly as possible. And instead, right. so I just did it in the worst possible way. Mm-hmm. Um, and for this, we were just thinking about, okay, well, there's like the long-term crazy idea, <clears throat> and then there's sort of the middle idea, and then there's like, let's just take a trip next year. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's go for a month. Let's get a place yeah. and drive around and see the area. And and you know what? That's our reward for getting through 2020. <laughs> and you know what? Anyone Amen, who gets through 2020... Deserves something. deserves something. It deserves yeah. a trophy, right? Every single one of us. Every single one of us. Yeah, and um, uh, and that's the thing is like this whole the crazy plan all the way over here, all the way down to just take a trip next year mm-hmm. when visas are back, or you know who knows how all of this is going to turn out. But there's no right. harm in the dream and the the hope and the mm-hmm. the having something to look forward to. In fact, I was thinking... so thi- important, man. Yeah, I was thinking about our... I mean, don't get me wrong. Dating has been a huge thing to look f- forward to, but um, COVID sure. has put a damper on what's possible. And, you know, you don't want to... Uh, over-predict. I mean, part of a relationship a lot of times is is sort of yeah. just being present and in the moment with yeah. each other and sort sure. of letting things fall where they may. So to have this yeah. adventure on the horizon, I mean, I think that, that, that the last adventure, the last time I really thought about hope and possibility and all of that was when I thought about quitting my job and doing the channel full-time. Right. And that was this huge light of... Wow, what a crazy thing. What an adventure yeah. that would be yeah. to do that. Uh, yeah, and you were so, at that time, you were so vibrant and excited. And yeah, well, just, and then the reality yeah. of it sets in, and you kind of go, <laughs> oh, the, this is terrifying, too, at the same yeah. point. And I'm sure that there but is But that's some... what I'm here for. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm sure, but th- I'm sure that's there's some element of of that to this. Absolutely. There will be some element of that to this, sure. but I also, um, I realized in the contrast of thinking about like, what an amazing trip that would be next year yeah. that I have Even been grinding, uh, scripts and I have been trying to bludgeon myself into getting things done. And suddenly when I come at it from a space of like hope and possibility and, and this big thing on the future in the future, Suddenly, uh, getting the budget done and the scripts organized and the channel properly monetized, there were things that uh, memberships are now active on the channel. You can have the Jesus Jack emoticon, and uh, uh, we open up two more. We've got to decide what those are. Um, red arrow, red arrow, and then something yes. else. Uh, edit, yeah. edit face. I think yeah. was was the other one we were going to do. But like yeah. that was sitting there forever, and I didn't do it. And then, uh, ever since thinking about this and what would be necessary to pull this off, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and thinking about scaling back and getting rid of things and selling things and whatever in order to create the budget to do this, um, I suddenly have all this motivation. Uh, the Fool for Love script started uh, clicking. I'm one or two 25s away from finishing it. Like, um, there's something about a bright light, putting a bright light on the horizon hmm. um, that, that you know, uh, 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 that I've just been thinking about in terms of this, like, hope and dreaming thing that we that has been an evolving conversation the past couple of times we've talked. And now, yeah. like, maybe Sisyphus, maybe Sisyphus needs... Dear old Sisyphus. <laughs> ...from time to time to sit and have a smoke at the top and get some sunshine before he goes back down and gets the rock. You know what I mean? Yeah. The hour of con- consciousness, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What is yeah. that hour of consciousness? Instead of just running down constantly to go and get it. Exactly. And the hour of co- consciousness can be anything you want it to, to be, really. Um, but yeah, I... Well, firstly, like, the idea of you and I being in even a remotely similar time <laughs> zone is so exciting yeah like can you imagine like doing this when it's not like midnight there and i don't have to get up at like 7 a.m like wow (laughs) mind-blowing um yes we can both sleep in until 10 yeah yeah and then like uh being like a three or four hour flight away from each other as opposed to like 20 hours because like it's not just like i got i got to fly from here to sydney and then from sydney to la and then from LA to Denver, like, dude, yeah, so yeah. so so much better. And uh, yeah, you you and I we've talked a lot about like uh, film film projects we'd like to do uh, to, together, and like it it would just make all of that so much easier. We could like meet up and do stuff like that a couple of times a year at least. And yes, <laughs> I I am here for it, and I am down. Um, yeah, yeah, and I don't I don't. I don't know where the 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 line of that that thing is. Like, um, I've just been thinking about Doyle's words for the past couple of weeks. Um, Angel says, "Why do you live like this?" And D- Doyle says, "It's the kind of it's the kind of life that keeps your expectations from getting too high." And uh, that just speaks to me in many ways. The ways in which I I sort of accepted a particular comfortable Mm -hmm. but if underwhelming place of being yeah uh because i was afraid of disappointment or do you know what i mean yeah yeah um it's based on yeah fear of the unknown and uh fear of failure all of those things. It's like uh, the cautionary tale of uh, Icarus who flew too close to Careful the sun. Careful, Icarus. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but um, there's something so li- liberating about just saying, fuck it, and going for something that seems kind of crazy. And look, if it doesn't work out, you, you can always just he- head back to the US and you, like, like you just ha- had a bit of fun, and you know. Yeah. By um, the way, this has no effect on the channel. I mean, actually, I think this will whatsoever. make the channel work better. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I work from in, in many ways. from home, which is part of the reason why this is so possible. So. Hmm. But um, yeah, it it could lead to something amazing, and 
there's very little like great risk in it you know you know like um and look regardless of what you are do i got your uh, back 100 percent, man and i'll i'll be here regardless so like god godspeed brother well godspeed. what speed this sounds weird and anyone who uh is a professional writer who thinks this sounds ridiculous i get it <laughs> okay but essentially yeah. what i did was I, I i made my life you know doing this you're you're kind of a writer first and then you're an editor and a voice recorder and all of those other things but everything is informed by writing the mm -hmm. things that you write, the words that you put down, the story that you tell, the way you interpret the material, the the emotional connection that you make to it or whatever. Right. And when I did that, I was like, it kind of behooves me to fill my life up with experiences. Right. To right. have a broader palette. Because that leads to the inspiration and, and, yeah. and thing, things to write about. And, like, if anything, it could just be a great story to uh, tell sometime down the, the line. Exactly. Know? Greater experiences, adventures, loves, connections, you know, mm -hmm. relationships, friends. It's uh, all part of the richness it, of life. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, for some reason, I'm the type of person for whom that is not enough to do for its own sake. I mm -hmm. I never uh, gave a crap about the idea of living abroad or whatever. But now I found myself barren and childless at forty. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say barren just just yet. But childless. Yeah. How would I know? See. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't yeah. don't think about that one too deeply. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's all about me meaning, man. It's yeah, mean yeah, exactly. It's it's you. like why the hell not? You know, and mm. and again, as long as you can have that perspective that I didn't have with the boat, which was like I want to get out of the now, right? Uh, uh, and, and so I did that all poorly. This is like next year, and then working backwards, we can. I'm gonna yeah. do this that the, with my. Yeah. With your friend. Well, I'm going to do this, that, and the other thing, and then the stuff yeah. and the things, and we're going to plan and organize. And yeah. if something comes along and something happens, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Like yeah. that's that's the part like, of this that 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 I'm I'm thinking about like the managing disappointment part of it. Yeah. You know, like when why yeah. when does that come along and kick us in the butt enough that we give up? Yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 Because even if, like, the COVID madness isn't over by next year, you can do it the year after, man. There's still time. Right. It's time. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah, young so and sexy. And hey! Great and, minds. And strong. <laughs> <laughs> well, not virile. We talked about that a minute ago, but... Um... He's still virile uh, to me. I don't really know what that, that means <laughs> in that context uh, that, that I just said it, but... <laughs> That's Okay. Here, I'll bail you out. Last week uh, on the podcast, you mentioned uh, COVID fatigue, and have you been yeah. thinking about that, working on that at all? Yeah, well, um, I, I mentioned uh, that sort of when I'm going through stuff, stress, anxiety, de depression, all of those uh, things, the antidote for me is I don't go inward, I go outward, and I reach out to people and do some some, some things and what what whatnot. We're very and that's kind of what I way. spent. 
<laughs> yeah, true. true. Yeah, I, Actually, I, we, we are polar opposites I am there. a dying yeah. star. I collapse yeah. in on myself and can't move. Yeah. Yeah, it's like if I don't hear from you for for a day, I'm like, okay, Ian's dealing with some some stuff. Right. Let's give him some space. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So I spent my week doing lo- lo- lots of that. Uh, you you and I finished uh the Gears of War game. We did. Uh, was, yeah, it was more was, fun than you thought it was going to be, right? More That's fun not a than it was review. going. No, but I still wouldn't have done it alone because. Well, yeah, I wouldn't play Gears alone. It's such a bro down. It's, it's a, just it is brotastic. It's beefcakes doing beefcake stuff and That's like, the most fun part of it is like imagine you and I had soul patches and were bulbous <laughs> and muscular ways. And we're like inhumanly muscular. <laughs> like like I don't know how these men can move. Well actually they can barely move when you think about the uh, physics. Yeah. They can't really it's move. It's a slow, slow tanky game. Yeah. Yeah. Um and yeah, it ended up being easy. I think we spoke spoken about that. We we got stuck in a couple places, but no more than like ten minutes. And it took us a little while to uh, defeat the final boss. But uh, yeah, so yeah, fun. we spent some time. Huh? It was fun. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And next, we're going to start uh, going through the Halo games, right? Cause yeah, we installed the... Master Chief Collection because we both have the Xbox yeah. Pass, which is a ridiculous value. Yeah, um, uh, in dollary dues, it's like five ninety five a month. That's that that's insanely good. For, yeah, from the amount you uh, get from it, yeah, it's so so worth it. Um, but also, um, I hung out with some uh, friends that I've made from the uh, Passion of the Nerd c- community, and uh, we hung out the other day and we watched uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, <laughs> <laughs> and. My God, it, it was an experience. Um, <laughs> like Rocky Horror Picture Show experience or... Yeah, oh, just okay. less. Just less. Just less. Less. Yeah, just less. <laughs> yeah, because like Jesus Christ Superstar is, is very extra, but Rocky Horror is like extra, extra. Yeah, it's... You know, yeah. You know what I mean? Extra squared. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, and like I'm, I'm not hugely into mu- musicals, but I enjoyed the sort of ridiculous, over-the-top spectacle of it. Um, and like uh, myself and the and the two two pe- people I watched it with, we had a lot of laughs, and it it, it was a great time. Um, and then I also uh, ended up spending some time with with another friend, actually one of the people from that group, but it was like just like a one-on-one dealio. Um, she and I have a very peculiar taste for so bad it's good films, uh, which which the passion I know you don't share. I, see some... um, I know Glad that you, found you would rather to watch those with, so that <laughs> yeah. I don't have to. <laughs> I know that you would rather have all of your teeth pulled than watch the room again. Yes. Um, whereas she and I love it, and we think think it's an incredible film for all all the reasons that we know it's bad, you know, and you sure. think it's bad. I get yeah. the concept of so bad it's good. It just doesn't yeah exist for me. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah. So she and I we we, we got t- together and we decided that uh, we were going to watch some of the uh, terrible Nicolas Cage indie films that that he's done for for, for the last ten ten years because. Nicholas Cage is a freaking gem. That man is incredible. <laughs> and like the expressions and the and the physicality and the and, and, and the screaming and the yelling and the freaks out. 
the the, the freak freakouts man that that man is just we love him so so much so uh we decided to the first thing we watched was a film called mom and dad or mom and dad as you uh american folk would mom. call it mom 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 um and that film is kind of like the happening except instead of people wanting to do horrible things to themselves they want to do horrible things to their chill children and when i say horror horrible things i mean violent horror, horror sure. horrible things um it's very over the top very 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 violent um and nicholas cage did not disappoint like ha oh, that that man we love him so much um it ended in a very weird and abrupt way that kind of um was kind of disappointing kind, kind of only a little bit but it was still a great time but then we watched another film called left behind and left um, behind we i know well yeah it's um basically it's the rapture uh Nick Nicholas play right. uh, Nick Nicholas Cage plays a pilot, and halfway through uh, this flight, uh, the rapture ha- ha- happens, and a bunch of people disappear from the airplane, as do millions of people around the world. And um, it was it wasn't good <laughs> at all. It, it it was just bad. It wasn't so bad. It's good. Um, yeah, it there, was, it's one of those interesting phenomena with and. You know, to anyone who's particularly religious, I'm probably gonna s- about to say something that sounds uh, unfair. But uh, yeah. the whole idea of religious anything when it comes to media, mm-hmm. like we'll say, and I'm not picking on them specifically, but Christian rock, yeah, or Christian science fiction, That's or exactly whatever. Right. It's yeah. like, no, 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 wait, the Beatles are still good. Why yeah. do you need a subgenre uh, yeah. of, uh, you know, Love, Love Me Do is awesome. Yeah. Imagine, yeah, right. Jesus would love Imagine, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that, uh, it's uh, uh, one of my best friends. Um, I'm starting to realize that they're all best friends. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, my, yeah. my friend Chris, who I've known since we uh, we were six, uh, when he was in college, he was just hungover, and there was a blockbuster across the street, and he checked out a bunch of videos. Probably yeah. was DVDs at that point. Okay. And he's like, oh, Left Behind. Kirk Cameron, that sounds like... I remember yeah. Kirk Cameron. He was on... Uh, oh, no. This is this actually a different version. No, I know. Not I know. That one, but but he, oh, okay. he, yeah, so he checked it out and, and, and started watching. He's like, oh, interesting. Like a science fiction mm. premise. It's like, what the hell happened to, to everyone? That yeah. sounds really interesting. That's and he what gets, I thought, too. He gets like an hour into it. He's like, oh, no. Oh, no, don't make it's, it a Jesus thing. Don't... Is it a... Oh, it's a Jesus it's, thing. It's very much written by Christians for Christians. Yeah, that's okay. Course. Yeah, of course. Okay. Of course, he just wandered into that by accident. Yeah. It's um, it, every once in a while one of those things transcends the genre, the that 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 subgenre of Christian whatever, like Creed. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Or, yeah. or j- puddle of mud. <laughs> Case in point. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so so it was very dis- disappointing to say the least. And just like mom, mom and dad, it had a very abrupt 
unsatisfying ending, but we knew that was coming. About 20 minutes into the film, we're like, oh, okay. You know where the, well, it's where, a series of five books, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. The first, you just watched the, the first one. I don't know if they had thought there was going to be a sequel. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I mean, there hasn't been so far. I think that, that came out in 2014, I want to say. But, um, yeah, so we were talking about it afterwards. We were ha- having a little uh, de- de- debrief, and I was kind of like, well, that was my suggestion, and, like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> but um, my friend, she said something uh, to the effect of, um, you know, as a fan of bad films, if someone approaches you and says, hey, do you want to see a Nicolas Cage film about the rapture? Of course, your answer is going to be, hell yes. Right. Of course, I want to see see that, but um, yeah, Nicholas Cage he was just he was just kind of boring. He didn't do anything. He there well, was no craziness. He does so many movies. Yeah, so many movies. He's got to yeah. phone it in every once in a while. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's and, um, just you would have higher expectations for that yeah. one, right? Yeah. Um, we we were doing a little uh, research too afterwards, and we found that. Uh, He's had some financial troubles and yeah, just troubles in general. Yeah. And that's why he's done all these weird indie things. But uh, yeah, I think we are planning to check check out some more at some some stage. But yeah, sorry. That was a bit, bit of a tangent. No, um, I'm king of tangents my... on this podcast, dude. You're good. <laughs> yeah, my point is that I reached out uh, to some people, spent some time, let less time alone, more time with pe- people. And it helped, you know, like... We're all still stuck in purgatory, and that's not going away any, anytime soon, it seems. But connection, man, it's all about connection. It is. And, Actually, yeah. that's one of the things I've been enjoying with um, doing. Well, I mean, not just you and I, of course, mm-hmm. but uh, which is one of your like. There's two people I speak to the most during the week, and you're one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. uh, but no. one of the things I enjoy is this community. And yeah. the ways in which I've gotten to know, I know commenters specifically, I know who people are, I know yeah. some people I mute, uh, <laughs> uh, I, you know, there are, uh, there are that, it, like, I love that, that you, uh, a group of you have a connection from the Patreon hangouts. I think that's yeah. shocking. Yeah. Do you remember, just, you were at the first Patreon hangout, weren't you? I you was, and yeah. Jess and myself, and it was Nathan, yeah. and I think it was Wonder, uh, okay, was yeah. the, showed up. I haven't up. seen Nathan in a while. I haven't seen Nathan, Nathan in a while. Nathan, if you're out there, yeah. hope you're well, hope you're healthy. Yeah. Um, tough yeah. times for everyone. But the, um, but it was, ju- we were just doing the people show up and have a conversation, and I was so yeah. nervous yeah, the social phobia thing that I was like, you two yeah. have to come, please come, you know, and yeah. drink my way through it and so forth. But the, um, yeah. and that eventually morphed into the groups. That was like three years ago, four years ago. Yeah, it's been a the while The first now. hangout. And now the hangouts are this whole, have this whole life that I feel like yeah. I just show up sometimes. Yeah. And they just, yeah. they do their own thing, you know, and yeah, I love so, that. It's it's almost got a life life of, of its own now and like um you and i were always a little jittery before we we get started but then as oh, soon as it's showtime you just yeah 
yeah, we just, I don't know, something, something clicks and yeah. And, I, um, I used to get stage fright doing the podcast. I don't anymore because you're here. So right. to me, I just look at you and we just I, have this conversation. Yeah. This is, this is what the fifth one we've done now, four or five. So, yeah. And I'm, I'm feeling a lot more relaxed now. I, it's, it's, I think it's it shows. But um, because of the uh, because I love that interaction so much, um, we wanted to do some listener comments this week. Um, the first comment comes from Alicia, the infamous Alicia. I'm kidding. Uh, Alicia <laughs> will get that joke. Condensing a little, um, Alicia writes: uh, My heart started to race when you guys began to discuss Hannibal. Jack, oh, Jack, I'm glad you're enjoying it and would recommend it to other Man. people. Ian, I feel obligated to mention that Silence of the Lambs didn't win Best Picture. It was only the third film to sweep the Oscars with Best Actress, uh, Best Actor, and Screenplay and Director for Jonathan Demme, who would go on to direct Philadelphia, uh, but did not win Best Picture that year. I did not know that. I could have sworn it won Best Picture. Um, I mean, I would I would have just assumed it yeah. myself, but yeah. Um, she's and she says in parentheses in my high pitched Ian voice, asking what happened here. <laughs> uh, I don't know what high pitched Ian voice is, Alicia, but I trust you. Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, high pitched Ian voice. I thought yeah. <laughs> Ian voice is down here. I see what nah. you did there. <laughs> um. I'm not sure why you keep saying this is Red Dragon, not Silence of the Lambs, especially when Jack and Bella Crawford aren't in the book Red Dragon. Alicia, I think it's because in the opening credits of the show, it says inspired by characters from Thomas Harris's Red Dragon. It does. I mean, yeah. maybe the they had the rights to other characters, but I'm just I was uh, repeating uh, what I remember seeing from the opening credits. Mm -hmm. uh, continuing, here is the correct canon. This series is like a Marvel universe. It's a reimagined Lecter universe and not exactly canon to the books, but Fanables. But to Fanables, it's canon. Fuller didn't get the rights to Clarice, but was able That's to get the rights to Harris's characters while creating many others. Brian Fuller also stated that Hanagram is fairly real, so yet, uh, as in Will Graham and Hannibal. Oh. Is fairly real. So yay for gay love, albeit cruel, codependent, psychopathic in this case, being depicted on screen. Uh, I think we're seeing the uh, beginnings of that yeah. now. Kind of, yeah. yeah, so we're about halfway. We're at season or episode seven of season two. Yeah. So mild spoiler for you there, but I think we talked about that last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Finally, I love the Coke wine analogy. Most fanables prefer kind of almost Mads Mikkelsen to Anthony Hopkins. I just have one question. Are you like us? Do you have to enable CC to understand Mads? I don't understand what you mean there, Alicia. Uh, glad you Closed both... captions. Oh, uh, no. To, to Actually, well, I've accent. watched the show multiple times. I think the first yeah. time through, I missed some of the things he said. Because he lays out this fair, yeah. fairly highfalutin and no i don't things. struggle with uh most most accents so i understand him perfectly i yeah i didn't uh the first time through but now i get everything um glad you're both watching thanks for the con uh, conversation thank you alicia um you can thanks. read the entirety of alicia's comment on the video version of last week's podcast which is the old hotness which was a yes. reference to um men in black but um 
Oh, that's what it was. That's I didn't get that. Nobody got that. that. I you need you. You come up it. with the best episode names. And so, well, I I did, but you. It was, it was too, too late. late. I, I already had uploaded yeah. it, and I needed to do the whole thing. Anyway, yeah. I wanted to call it two guys no style, which I thought wouldn't, wouldn't have been great. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'm sorry. I like it. Would have been that. I would have just yeah. put that name on there. Um, yeah. uh, Jack, I think Alicia is asking for your vote. Mads <sighs> or Mr. Hopkins? Now it's mm. an unfair comparison because, I mean, I don't know. <sighs> I knew that was coming. I mean, you know, I'm a huge horror fan. And, yeah, and Silence um, of the Lambs is seminal. It's such a seminal film. Yeah. So se- seminal. And it's... it's Especially it's in high-end art horror thriller. Yeah. I mean, is it a yeah. horror movie? Sorry, what? Is it a horror movie? I guess it's a horror movie. It is, but there's, there's other elements in there. The body a horror in, in there. It, the, um, yeah, the skin. It's not. Yeah, it's not. I, I wouldn't say it's strictly a horror. No, uh, it's a genre, it, mix, but, it, but, but it definitely is. Yeah. yeah. So, Mads or Mr. Hopkins? So, initially, I was put off by Mads Mickelson, but it was only literally his first scene. Right. Uh, I was just like, ugh, that's not. I told that's you. That's an Anthony Hopkins. That's that's pretty much. Um, but honestly, it was just that one scene, and then from there on in, I just became kind of enamored with him. He's um, so good. And He's like, so good. in terms of who I prefer, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this as a horror fan. Uh, I feel so 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 dirty, Do it, buddy. treasonous. Do it, buddy. But. Uh, but I'd be lying if I said Mads Mikkelsen doesn't have the more interesting yeah. portrayal and, yeah. and, and, and exciting. Um, but I think part of that um, is that you, you can do so much more with the TV show and you can spend well, I was more, more, say, more time exploring a character. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins' uh, amount of screen time in Silence of the Lambs is famous for being so short. Uh, yeah. I think he's on screen for 16 or 18 minutes. Yeah. And yeah, steals super, super the movie. Yeah. But he also was in Hannibal and Red Dragon, uh, but mm. maybe was too old to play the part at that point. Um, I don't know. Yeah, uh, I'm not being I mean, ageist. Don't... I'm just saying there's a physicality to being a murdering cannibal yeah. that uh, yeah. Mads Mikkelsen mm. nails. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, look. Anthony Hopkins is one of the greatest actors of the modern era. Sure. And um, his portrayal as Hannibal Lecter is is legendary. Um, it always will be. And I love it. It's, it's so seminal, as we said. But I'm going to have to say Team Mickelson for sure. Because yeah. it's just, I don't know, there's something about him. That man can wear him. a suit. And suits that yeah. should not be worn. Right. But he makes exactly. him look that court, courtroom scene, right? The red pinstripe. It looked like a carpet. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, he looked. He hot. looked amazing. Yeah, he looked. Yeah. stunning. Uh, that yeah. man. So, uh, and the yeah. the calculated nature of the performance. Mm. The yeah. Even yeah. like the accent sort of makes it. The a accent, more... I think, is additive. Because um, yeah. he's Dutch, right? He's, he's I think Dutch? yeah, he's Dutch. Uh, yeah. I don't remember specifically, but um, 
uh, Hannibal's German in the book. Uh, Hannibal, okay. of course. Uh, yeah. uh, so, he, and uh, I don't know. There's something to it. There's something, something to the accent. It, there's something to the calculation, to the mm. cold intelligence, and the, the which that that veil allows these sort of moments of calculated warmth to come through. It makes his his moments of intimacy with characters where he's manipulating them that much more chilling. Right. Um, yeah, it's right. a fascinating, yeah. fun. Yeah. Yeah, he's a lot of fun. And the yeah. other thing too is is um, I mean, Mads and Hugh Dancy are the centerpieces of this. Uh, uh, Certainly, and, yeah. You know, um, we're going to talk about uh, Shakespeare and Loved, but uh, um, Anthony Hopkins was kind of like Judy Dench in that just. The part is one meant to steal the show, but not yeah, meant to be the right. centerpiece. So maybe it's right. less interesting. Mm. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's Look, tough. Yes, they're both amazing. Mads Mikkelsen, yes, but let us never speak of it again. And I'm sorry, Anthony. Jackie loves you. Yeah, and if you were me. on the fence for uh, watching Hannibal, understand that we just both agreed that Mads Mikkelsen is more interesting yeah. than Anthony Hopkins in The Silence of the Lambs. And I'm the hardcore horror fan here. Like, like, like horror was one of my first favorite genres. So for me to say that, that's a big recommendation. So check uh, it out. Don't forget, it's incredibly violent. If you can't yes. handle violence, do not... Uh, what? No. It is violent, but I would say it's gorier than it is violent, if you know what Those I mean. Those are synonymous a, to me. Th- well, there is a lot of, like, after the fact. You know what I mean? Sure. There's, like, you don't see a lot of, like... There's a lot oh, of I corpses. <laughs> yeah. And, but you do see um, a lot no, of violence. No, actually, no, I take that back. There is a, quite a bit of violence in it, but I guess... As a horror fan, I'm used to so much more. <laughs> yeah, I'm just warning people. We've been very effusive about this the past uh, two episodes, and I don't want anyone to wander in and think like, "Well, maybe." A friend no. of mine's like, "Man, I should. Uh, we should watch that." And I'm like, "But we've been watching Justified no. together, uh, and yeah. that uh, friend, no, uh, she yelps." Well, she's not going to appreciate the voice I just did. I didn't mean to do that voice. That wasn't the voice. That I, was... I mean, she, she yelps whenever scream. a gun goes off. Yeah, in Justified, and, and yeah. I'm like, no, yeah, no to Hannibal. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the boss and of it... you, and you don't need <laughs> no one telling you what your business is. Are. And look, she she couldn't get through. Well, well, no, she could get through it, but she didn't enjoy a scream. And scream is nothing in comparison no. to, to this. So, no. yeah. Uh, so, um, so yeah, I like I uh, I don't want to understress how violent mm. the show is. Yeah, um, right. right. Uh, anyway, um, your comment. Yes, uh, this next one comes from Juggy, uh, dear IRL friend of mine, and. Uh, she has some really great advice and feedback about last week's segment about how we are not stylish men, except for now we are. Oh my, I've got my robe stylish. Yeah, exactly. And like, I'm wearing a button-up shirt. Like, look at this. Um, but yeah, she has some really good good advice here. Um, 
She says, now now it's a long one, so I'm going to try and condense it a little bit. Uh, she says, uh, finally, you, you boys are speaking my language. Color, comfortability, and a good fit are all you need to look stylish. It's easy. Easy, easy done. Um, color. Nailed yeah. it. Um, in, in terms of uh, colors you look good in, uh, she says, color theory has heaps to do with the that looks good, but I don't know why phenomenon. Uh, hint, she says, you both look gorgeous in blue because blue and orange are complementary colors and you both have orange in your hair slash beards. So when in doubt, you can't go wrong with the blue shirt. I'm going to go out and buy a bunch of blue, blue shirts. I'll, I'll be right back. Okay. Um, uh, she, also, she also says to figure out the undertone of your skin, uh, hold the white pieces, piece of paper up next to your neck slash chest. Uh, does your skin look more yellow in com comparison? Or if it's pink, uh, then you have cool undertones in your skin. Uh, shades to look more cold instead of warm will suit you uh, better. And, um, cold instead of warm. Shape she also says shapes you look good in. Feeling confident in your clothes is basically the most in important thing. Yes, absolutely. I, l um, I love that... Uh, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just... Uh, not sure. I love that... Uh, this sort of diatribe about how unfashionable I am that we cloaked under uh, Jack and Ian's beauty tips has yeah. brought this thoughtful, informed, intelligent yeah, like, response this is... to the, our joke. I love it. I love it so much. I, I'm, I'm including this baby because it's so helpful. It's actually great I... information. <laughs> Exactly. Like, like, like. I'm not e exaggerating at all. I'm going to use this. Yeah, this podcast um, was never expected to be informative. No, of course not. Go on. <laughs> uh, but she says, yeah, um, feeling confident in your clothes is basically the most in important thing. What physical features do you want to hide slash accentuate? Um, what do I want to hide? Uh, what do I want to? What 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 do you want to accentuate? accentuate well I, I i always say that my best physical attribute is my eyes but i don't know if you can accentuate oh no you can accentuate accentuate one's eyes with clothing well, we I both guess. have blue um, ears are green no 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 blue blue. blue yeah we both have blue eyes we look yeah. like brothers yeah i know we do pretty much um i mean i've got broad shoulders so maybe that's a thing i don't know i'm what, tall what about you uh, I, I mean, I'm an insecure, high anxiety male. I could give you a laundry yeah. list of the things I want to de-accentuate. Oh yeah, so me too. So I think too. the My more guts. important question, or My the moobs. more, yeah, the more relevant question is, is what do I want to accentuate? Which I think is an interesting question because mm -hmm. it requires you to look at your body and, and cite something positive. Yeah. But I think that's I think, great. Um, I think that's great. I think of all the advice that has been um, imparted here, that's the one I'm going to struggle with the most because I don't know. But, I mean, I'll give it a go. Um, I think I have a nice so head. <laughs> Did you just say I, I have a nice head? Yeah, it's very large. Thanks, man. I, no, I have I a nice think... head. Uh... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You have a wonderful large head. It's beautiful jack i think your head's great too i'm just saying like the exercise was to cite something positive about yourself <laughs> thanks man yeah um and i have pretty eyes very pretty you eyes. have uh luscious locks your hair thanks, your man. hair is spectacular yeah i have a ginger mane yeah. um 
So she says, um, <laughs> "Sorry, Juggy, I didn't mean to distract." No, it's fine. Uh, she 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 says, "So you don't need new clothes. Just pay attention to what the shape of your clothes are drawing attention to, and whether that makes you feel confident or not." Structured shoulders create breadth. Long coat slash straps elongate the tor- torso. Belts that contrast with the rest of your outfit draw the eye to the midsex section. Suspenders draw the eye downwards and so on and so on. Wait, um, you skipped uh, 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 the man that I want to be. Walton Goggins has a long <sighs> neck and washboard abs, which is why, yes. well, I mean, which is why he looks good in his high neck hiding body contouring accentuating shirts. I yeah. might look good. Uh, I, as in Juggy, might look good in shirts cut like that, but I feel like a whale in a straight jacket, which makes me self-conscious, so I avoid them. All right, go on. I, I, I just loved... Uh... That comment is really funny yeah. when you know her personally. That's... Um, anyway, um, Walt, uh, one, one thing I just want to quick quickly say is the next time we do that uh, one perfect scene segment, I think we uh, ca- called it, Walton Goggins is in my choice, but we'll get to that right. in another time. Um, she says, if you want to drop drop money, don't do it on Ray-Bans like Ian's friend. I agree. I totally agree. Um, get your get your favorite things tailored to fit you. Well, that sounds like a lot of money, but sure. Um, uh, instead of the imaginary man they were designed for. And if you want new S-H-I-T, new shit. Why, why did I spell it? Am I 12? Um, <laughs> yeah, we curse on this podcast. Yeah, we do. I don't know why I went. Yeah. Um, take someone with you that can tell you if the salesperson is blowing smoke up your ass or is actually helpful. Um, well, Juggy, when are we going shopping? I mean, that, that, that applies to, yeah, the, the way that I tried to put that was, you know, if you don't have any taste, hmm. like myself, um, don't be shy about borrowing someone else's. Right. You know, that's right. the way you learn, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but, um, yeah, that was some invaluable that was information amazing. there. <laughs> yeah, so thank you, Juggy. We, we and uh, I, knowledge dropped on us from people yes. uh, with much more expertise than we have. Yes, and once this COVID madness is over, I, I'm hitting you up and we are going shopping because help me! <laughs> uh, well, always a pleasure to hear from everyone. Uh, the yes, comments are great and we do try and uh, reply to them on the YouTube channel. I always try and reply when people email me directly. Um, if oh, We should share the uh inbox now that i think about it um if you'd like leave us a comment on the video version of the podcast on youtube or you can shoot us an email at the passion of the nerd at gmail.com let us know how you're doing just check in um Mm -hmm. next up we are going to talk about what we've been watching this week uh in our movie projects um i picked the uh, Joy movie, which is our yes. our Friday film, mm-hmm. and that was Shakespeare in Love. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I don't feel like I, I can sum this up for you. Ian's room review is this for like two hours. Yeah, I, yeah. that was Ian. Yeah, yeah. I I was <laughs> trying so hard to not emote. 
but like my face hurt from smiling so much. I have a personal relationship to this movie and I love this movie, which is a personal relationship to it. But you know, um, so Shakespeare in Love. Shakespeare in Love doesn't need much of a shummery. Uh, Shakespeare in Love is... Uh, Shakespeare is a young man. He's writing Romeo and Juliet. He falls in love with a woman of property, and they put on a play. It's a uh, romantic comedy with... I don't know. It's We'll call it a high-end romantic comedy, uh, for, yeah. la- for lack of a better description. It's from writer Tom Stoppard, who wrote Brazil and Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead, which is another very famous um, comedy take on Shakespeare. And it was directed by John Madden, um, who only directed one other movie that I really love called Proof, but that's a different story. Cast includes Joseph Fiennes, Ray Fiennes' brother, Gwyneth Paltrow, Tom Wilkinson, Jeffrey Rush, Colin Firth, Ben Affleck, which of these things is not like the other. Yeah, that was weird. And an absolutely scene-stealing Judy Dench. Oh, yeah, she was wonderful. Uh, It also features Imelda Staunton as the nurse, uh, who was Dolores Umbridge in Harry Potter. I didn't realize until I was looking up uh, the copy for this Mm -hmm. today, reminding me that the same seven to ten British actors are in every American film. I don't know if Shakespeare in Love was uh, uh, an American film or not. But it's just uh, uh, pretty funny. It's a light, pithy, romant, joyful romantic comedy with an unexpectedly resident, resonant and beautiful ending. If you're at all into Shakespeare, it's a ton of fun. The movie takes the perspective that Shakespeare's actual life at the time inspired the events of Romeo and Juliet, which I love. Um, it's honest about uh, sort of the etymology of uh, where Shakespeare's plays came from, but for the, in a humorous, lighthearted way. Um, uh, Christopher Marlowe is Christopher Marlowe is in the uh, play. Who was another uh, playwright at the time? There's references to other. It's just it's not it's not at all historically accurate uh, in the slightest, but it it it's not. You know, it's it, it, it doesn't treat him as this sort of vaunted. It, you know, it has the. Um, there's always a myth He's in Shakespeare dude, movies know? where he uh, sits down at his desk, turns around, and out pops perfect. Yeah, the uh, perfection, yeah. and that's in here. But yeah. um, it also talks about how he got his ideas from other people and took things from other writers and so forth. Um, but the ways in which uh, the story of Shakespeare and Violet, uh, uh, who is uh, Paltrow's cl- character, inspire Shakespeare's okay. writing are funny and clever. And if you're at all into Shakespeare or a movie fan, and you, ha- or, or rather a theater fan, uh, you owe it to yourself to see this movie. I love it. I love it. And it gets a very unfair rap. This movie is a strange punching bag um, uh, where I hear sort of negative comments thrown at it on a regular uh, basis. First of all, yes, I agree. Saving Private Ryan should have won Best Picture uh, the year that this movie was in the Academy Awards instead of this movie. So what? Uh, Shakespeare in Love is still a delight. 
Second, I know the specter of Harvey Weinstein hangs over this one a bit, but as far as I know, he wasn't directly connected with the making of the film, but rather with its PR. That's not Shakespeare in Love's fault, and there were still hundreds of Mm. incredibly talented people uh, involved with making this joy. When I think about romantic comedies and my favorites, which is not at all a genre that I'm averse to, um, it starts with When Harry Met Sally, and uh, but is immediately followed by Shakespeare in Love. I love this movie. I love this movie. Okay, I'm done. Good. good. I love it. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I, I agree. Um, Saving Private Ryan should have won, but that is not a reason to rally against this film. It right. doesn't de- deserve that. I mean, the... That was the Academy's doing. No one else's, you know. Yeah, and the, and the Academy is is notorious for um, giving awards to films that are about the industry. And in a weird way, Shakespeare, like La La Land was an example, um, yeah. that romanticize the creation of movies or art or whatever. Yeah. And very much so, Shakespeare in Love is that kind of film. But again, right. who cares? The, yeah, exactly. it, it, it's it's a wonderful film, yeah. And that's true. The, you know, those yeah, two things exactly. are not mutually exclusive. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but Ian, you're you're a much bigger uh, Shakespeare fan than I am. Uh, yeah. You, I believe, when we spoke about it afterwards, you said like this film is more in your wheelhouse than almost any anything else. I like, it's, can't it's... think of a more Ian movie. Yeah. Like, than this it's about shakespeare and performance and writing and 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 so many of uh your passions i guess um, yeah if you if you have like the hierarchy of ian identity films it's probably star trek for the voyage home the one with the whales mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and then this movie hmm. yeah <laughs> and then eternal yeah, sunshine um so yeah, you're a much bigger uh, Shakespeare fan than I am. I'm I'm familiar with some Shakespeare. Um, uh, the two uh, Shakespeare plays that I'm the most familiar with are Romeo and Juliet and Hamlet. Um, but uh, there were there I I get the feeling there there were a lot of ref- references that sort of went went over my uh, head still. Um, but like I got a lot a lot of the more uh, well known ones, you know, like the the bal- the balcony scene and. And, you know, a couple of lines here and there, um, especially uh, the line, parting is such sweet sorrow. Um, but funnily enough, I don't actually know that because of Romeo and Juliet. Uh, there, there's this band I really, really like. I'm going to talk about met, met, metal again. Sorry. Um, so there, there's this band I really like. I might have mentioned them on the podcast before. I'm not too sure. They're, they're called Ice Nine Kills. Um and one wonderful name, I know. Um, sure. But uh, uh, they have an album called Every Trick in the Book. Um, and every trick in the book, um, every song on that album is about a book or a piece of writing or something like that. And um, there's a song on there called um, Star-Crossed Enemies. Hmm. Um, 
and uh, the chorus, they it the the line is changed up a little bit, but but the chorus says, "If parting is such sweet sorrow, to hell with waiting for tomorrow." And that's how I got the connection. I'm like, "Oh, that's from Romeo and Juliet," but not because of Romeo and Juliet, because of a metal band. But uh, yeah, if if you like uh, music of a heavier persuasion, do check them out and go and see them live if you get a chance because they are really, really, really good. Um, Sorry, no, 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 no. You know, I love my arm. Um, yeah, I, I had to talk about that. Um, yeah, the ending. Let's talk about the ending. The ending. Kind of- yeah, so it's not what you expect from um, a traditional romantic comedy, and the. So, um, so one of the things that I was uh, thinking about, I said I had a personal connection to this film, and that is that, you know. Um, I was uh, I would describe myself when I was younger as a hopeless romantic. Uh, the definitely of the more of the Spike variety. I'm writing a lot about this in the Fool for Love script. Um, the I'm nothing without her. You complete me. You know. Um. That's something I'm only just shrugging off now, really. Well, I mean, the distinction I draw in the Fool for Love script is um, someone who knows who they are and they love versus someone who knows who they are because they love um, is is the distinction. I'm more of the former now than the latter, uh, but when I was younger... it, it is okay to be lovey-dovey and all of those uh, things. Of course. There's a certain uh, maturity then. Yeah, to yeah there's it, a I journey guess. and that's a whole whole topic in and of itself but like the first two weeks of any relationship where you're sort of drunk off of each other where i've never seen it portrayed so well as it is in this movie where um and the thing is like grounding it in the poetry of shakespeare and uh all of that raises that to an interesting level where it's sort of like it's sort of beautiful uh, in and of itself, as opposed to naive right. or whatever you might consider. Yeah, that that early stage of a relationship where where yeah. things feel uh, written in the stars. Yeah, you magical. Know? Yeah, magical yeah. and written in the. Which I'm not saying they're not, but I'm just saying, no. you know. It, uh, mid twenties to early thirties, it was like there's sort of a creeping nihilism that occurred for me in like, well, life is cold and indifferent and difficult Mm -hmm. and challenging and all of this. And so like that kind of poetic romanticism feels inauthentic. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Or I went through the stage of sort of invalidating all of that. And then now watching it uh, as a 40 year old Mm -hmm. and I hadn't watched it in a decade. I don't think. Wow, okay, yeah. I had a totally different perspective on it, which is like, there's no need to invalidate all of that uh, That stuff. That stuff is just as real as any of the mm-hmm. other things that, or any of the other stages that happen in the relationship. That's just a moment in time. And I honestly think, I, I think I stopped watching the movie because I went through this cynical, resigned phase. I, 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 well, I won't go there with with th- other things that happen at the time, but um, yeah, 
Uh, and I sort of like discounted the movie as as being kind of overly focused. But the end of the movie owns the reality of what these yeah. characters' lives are like and what they go th- go through. Yeah, and that's why it it uh, the ending kind of killed me a little bit. Like, yeah, you you even remarked afterwards that you noticed I got a little choked choked up. Yeah, and as the credits start, started rolling, I was like silent for a good couple of seconds. Well, like, it I feels just... like you yeah. you and I talked uh, two weeks ago about uh, whether or not I can live with an unhappy ending, hmm. and right. I was yeah. like, it's not about unhappy endings for me. It's yeah. about arcs. It's about closure yeah. it's about catharsis and so yeah the the i mean we're gonna spoil shakespeare in love it's a 20 year old movie um yeah, i mean go watch yeah. it if you don't want to hear what the or end skip, of the movie or is skip ahead yeah, if you don't skip ahead. Know. um she's a woman of property uh uh not clive Owen. Cli- um joseph Fine. mr darcy whatever his name is comes along oh. and uh um buys her or rather her father buys him for her and then he takes her away at the end of the movie to america thus forcing uh her relationship with shakespeare apart and their last moments together are spent on stage performing romeo and juliet together which is crushing and so romeo and juliet becomes this kind of metaphor for the end of their relationship as their relationship was writing Romeo and Juliet the entire time. And when everyone stands up to take a bow and there's all of this celebration, they kiss yes. on stage. And it's like there is no one around them. Yeah. They, they act as if they're just completely alone. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Um, and they have a conversation and have to let each other go. And as Shakespeare is threatening to give up writing, she says, no, yeah. uh, uh, what about this? And they they sort of... The way the movie interacts with his writing through the the journey of these two characters is creative and so cool. But they um, start writing Twelfth Night. And yeah. the, the beginning of Twelfth Night is the uh, their way of imagining that they got to have a happy ending. Yeah, and it's right, Shakespeare's right. emotional catharsis for yeah. uh, having to give up Violet. Yeah. And yeah. they kiss, and there's a line where they say to each other, you will never age for me. Yeah, he says, uh, I got the script here. It says, you will never age for me, nor fade, nor die. Goodbye, my love, a thousand times goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> my freaking heart, man. But I it, can't handle it. It reminded me of uh, another movie that you and I both enjoy, Her. Yes. And there's a bit so. at the end of Her, I'm a big fan of... Um, movies where I that 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 where I make a connection to my own life that um, I really enjoy, and her mm-hmm. will probably be more of a candidate for one perfect scene as opposed to I'm not sure I love the movie as much as I love the, a couple of scenes from it as much as I I'm, do. I'm fifty fifty on that. I, I love the movie as a whole. Yeah. I think, um, but there's two characters are separating at the end of the movie and uh one of them says I've never loved anyone like you or I've never loved anyone the way I love you and she mm-hmm. says me too now we know how and yes. that line I know <laughs> was a game changer for me the idea that we um 
there are things gained in our hearts that can't be taken away by the relationships ending. Right. Um, uh, I, you know, I keep coming back to Age of Ultron because there's a line in that movie that that, exp- uh, that I connect really? with so well. Yeah, a thing isn't beautiful because it lasts. Oh. You know. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. That yeah, idea of an ending doesn't dictate a thing's value yeah. um, is so rich. And so yeah. that ending of Shakespeare in Love where they have to let each other go, but yeah, but it's, there's something created, there's something beautiful, there's something that is, yeah, can never be lost yeah, as a result of that experience is lovely. Yeah, it's not it's not a traditional e- ending, and and it's certainly not like a it's not any kind of Shakespearean tra- tragedy. No, pun no, no, the, it's uh, pun. far but from it. It's it's like a warm, sad, sad warmth. Yeah, it's it's sad, but it leaves you feeling kind of warm and fuzzy inside. I don't know. It's, yeah, it's, it's very it's hard one. to describe, but it's yeah, it's, you know, I mean. It, it, that scene where Buffy and Angel are looking at each other in Graduation Day Part 2 at mm-hmm. a distance, and there's something oh, exchanged. Yeah. There's some acknowledgement of, you know, letting go or, 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 or relationships ending is not, can be destructive, <laughs> but it isn't automatically destructive it isn't right. automatically an act of destruction there are mm-hmm. there are circumstances where it's also an expression of love where it's also yeah. an expression of like buffy and angel having to let each other go because there was no future yeah. in it was the more loving act yeah i think you know what i mean the nail on on the head there that's exactly what the, this ending is yeah for, for sure that's exactly what it is and that's why it's sad but there's still something nice about it something yeah um and 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 just one one thing that hit, hit me too is how accepting both both of them are um and they're not necessarily letting go of the love that that they have for each no. other um it'll you and, will never age for me yeah, or fade good goodbye my love a thousand times good goodbye like ah oh, yeah it's wonderful yeah um i hadn't seen it like i saw it when it first came came out um but i ha- hadn't seen it in a very long long time so it was more or less like seeing it for the f- first time again i barely remembered anything from it i remembered like gwyneth Pat- paltrow dressed up like a guy and with like a fake mustache on and stuff but that's pretty much it i just um, love now that i can say to you i don't know it's a mystery, and you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. No one gets the reference. Anyway. I do now. Um, but yeah, next, um, from our list of shame films, we watched uh, Knives Out. Oh, wow. Uh, from 2019, directed by Ryan Johnson, and starring a stellar lineup uh, consisting of Daniel Craig, Jamie Lee Curtis, Chris Evans, and... Anna de Armas. Um, I, li- I literally had no idea what this was going going into it. That's I, the best no way idea. to watch a movie like yeah. that. Yeah, like I, I didn't know the genre. I didn't know. I, I didn't even know who who was in it. I I, I knew nothing. Um, and it's 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 essentially a murder mystery, right? But it's it's 
It's done in a very subversive way, but it's it's like subtly subversive. It's not like beating you over the, the uh, I thought head, so, yeah. head with it. Yeah, mm. and um, the attention to detail blew my freaking mind. Like the the effort it must have taken to write this, like it makes my brain hurt because uh, it it could have easily have not worked big 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 because they tried to put too much in it but it, it just works really really well um i i, I was intending or, or wanting to watch it a second time in preparation for the pod, podcast because i just i i feel like watching it again there's so much more more i'm gonna uh be able to absorb um because the first time in like it's it's it, it's like some of the scenes move so so fast and a lot of the a lot of things are very subtle that you you don't ne- necessarily pick up on them. Well, especially we were um, watching in a group. So yeah, it was, was another instance and... where every scene has a detail that right. pays yeah. off later. Um, yeah. There are uh, when you there, I mean, it's a it's a it's a it's a new take on the whodunit genre. Um, in the style of Clue and all of that, um, uh, much lighter on the comedy. And um, there are twists and turns, but once everything is done, everything was connected, everything was set up. Um, That's what blew my my mind. They set everything up. Like, pretty much everything meant something, you know? Like, there was no wasted... From the first uh, shot. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, from the very first shot, and that's why it blew my uh, mind. Um, Dan- Daniel Craig was amazing in it, but uh, for me, the standout was uh, Anna Diarmas as uh, Martha. Um, she's so charming, but at the same same time, there's very that there's something very vulnerable about her uh, performance. Um, well, such that I, when there were, she has moments of power in yeah. the movie. Uh, she's the yeah. one who's constantly. She's the the well, I, yeah, we don't want to spoil too much. Yeah. Um, there are moments, uh, yeah, because of that. She is a very central character. Yes, um, and say. and there yeah. are moments where she takes control, and it's such a stand up and cheer kind of thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like she's vulnerable, but she's an absolute badass as well. Yeah. Like it's it's great. Yeah. Like there's uh one scene where she shots down. I don't think it's Dan- Daniel Craig. It's one of the other dudes. Again, I don't don't want to spoil it, but there's a literally a fist in the air and woohoo kind yeah. of moment. She's so she's so cool. Um, I haven't haven't seen her in, in anything else, but I'm definitely going to be looking out for, for her in the future. Yeah, the only thing I'd she's seen her in before was um, she was the hologram in Blade Runner 2049. Right. Yeah, but that that was a very small small role. Yeah. Well, I mean, she was idea. kind of central for him, but there weren't a lot of big speaking oh, okay. roles in that movie other than yeah. um, whatever. Yeah, there's not much to say about it. Um, Ryan Johnson has been dragged because of his involvement yeah. in the uh, Star Wars the movies. Star Wars. Um, yeah. wh- how, whatever you think about that, I, uh, good Lord, do I not want to talk about Star Wars. We are not touching that yeah. in no way. There's but, plenty of other people covering that. I've seen Brick and Looper, and um, the only one of his I haven't seen is the uh, the brothers. He made a caper movie, I think. The brothers, something or other, with Mark Ruffalo. But okay. um, uh, you know, Looper was a movie of his that 
has gotten worse every time I've watched it, so I've stopped okay. watching it. Um, mm. And this is a movie that has gotten better every single time uh, yeah, I, I I've watched it. That. The yeah. uh, the first time I was like, oh, that was clever, and then the second time I was like, oh, that was really clever. And watching it with you yeah. guys, I was like, that movie is uh, phenomenal. I'm pretty sure, like on on the second viewing, I'm gonna come away saying that's one of my favorite movies of all time. It, it is very, very good. Oh, yeah, and the the um, my favorite thing about the movie has is less about the trick. Um, the mm-hmm. movie has kind of a simple message that I really love. There's yeah. a wide swath of so there's a big cast of characters and every one of them falls somewhere on this uh philosophical political ideological spectrum. Yeah. There's a crunchy new age spiritualist, the young uh social justice warrior, the young mm-hmm. right conservative, um you know, there's a trumper. I mean, there's people all over the spectrum. But ultimately the message of the movie is that none of that matters. Yeah. If you're an asshole. Yeah. Uh it's about kindness, compassion, yeah. and heart, the way we treat each yeah. other, and that all plays yeah. out in the story. Um, yeah. um yeah, the biggest takeaway is don't be a dick. Don't be really. a dick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love um, that that's the message of that movie. Yeah, yeah. Um and I I wanna give a, a special mention to Chris he- Evans. Um Without giving away too much, he plays pretty much the biggest douchebag in the uh, film, which was strange. That was a strange thing going from Captain America to this. And I think he and his agent did that intentionally, trying yeah. to shake off that good guy. Yeah, he didn't want to be typecast as but like, Cap. Yeah, but he nailed it. He was so good. Like, so good. Yeah. But I'm still choosing to head canon it that it's Steve Rogers after joining Hydra. That, that's my head, head canon. No one can talk me out of it. I'm sticking. I'm sticking with it. Yeah, and I mean, when um, we say he's the biggest uh, jerk, you can see it in the trailers uh, yeah. when you watch. He's yeah, the biggest kind of smiling, smarmy jerk. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I all I can say is that it's a wonderful film. I love it, and I would recommend it to everybody. Like because there's. There's like a kind of a little little bit of everything. There is some humor. Um, there's some su- suspense. There's a I I wouldn't say there there's any horror el- elements, but I think the murder mystery isn't completely divorced from horror as a genre. You know, sure. it's it's yeah, um, but yeah, it's just a great film. I love it. Well, before we get into the fanfic reading, I just want to let you know that I'm at Ian Nitram on Twitter. And I am Lack of Surprise One on Twitter, at Lack of Surprise One on Twitter. That's all one word uh, with the number one at the end. And you can also find me over on our Discord server. I'm Jack Spraddington over there. Um, and the channel is youtube.com slash Passion of the Nerd, though if you're listening to this, you probably already knew that. Yep. Uh, And if you would like to support the uh, channel and keep us flush in tailored rain bands and yellow shirts, I think that's what that's what Chucky said. said. Yeah, we got that. It definitely wasn't blue. We stuck that landing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yellow shirts. (laughs) Yeah, cool, 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 cool. Uh, yeah, you can uh, so support us uh, by going to uh, 
patreon.com forward slash passion of the nerd uh with the five dollar and up club you can join us in the hangouts this weekend uh we're talking about Re- restless uh the season four finale um yeah and that's that's gonna be a fun one it's gonna be a good one um or you can get yourself something at passion of the nerd.com slash store if you're an amazon prime member you may not realize this but you can support us for free by using your monthly Amazon Prime Twitch subscription at twitch.tv slash thepassionofthenerd. I did not stream any Beat Saber this week. I will try to, or last week, I will try to do some this week. So let's go to the fanfic reading now. Mm -hmm. Here is Gone by Terry Boda, Chapter 28. Rupert Giles was no stranger to duty and responsibility. In fact, with the small exception to his Ripper days, he'd lived duty his whole life. At first, he was bound to his family and its long, honorable traditions. Then it was the Watcher's Council, never realizing that they had set him up to fail when they assigned him to Buffy. And finally, his duty was to the Slayer, When he turned his back on the council and sided with the daughter, he would never have. So it baffled him that he was having so much So it baffled him that he was having so much difficulty reconciling himself with his duty to William the Bloody. As the perpetrator of the truth spell and Spike's only confidant, he had a certain responsibility to the vampire. Tara had so gently and innocently reminded him of that fact, and he'd been struggling with it ever since. He thought Perhaps things would be easier for him if Spike wasn't committed to making things so difficult. Even in Sold, Spike was argumentative, crass, and irritating, not to mention extraordinarily astute and bluntly honest. Time spent with the vampire almost always turned uncomfortable when Spike set out to turn everything he'd ever believed in upside down and on its head. And while those times were often required to be accompanied by massive amounts of alcohol, the resulting hangovers were made that much worse by the realization that Spike had been once again absolutely right. Deferring graciously to the greater wisdom of a demon had never been one of Giles's strong points, and things weren't any different now, soul or no soul. Still, He felt he had to make some kind of recompense after his blistering taking down in the magic box. He knew from experience that Spike often liked a few days to sulk before his acid tongue would fade, and he would be anything other than condescending and defensive. So Giles waited a while before seeking Spike out in his crypt. The tomb was dark and empty, even though it was still day. This surprised Giles, because he thought Spike would still be asleep. Looking around, however, there was no sign of Spike, and it looked as if he had been out for quite some time. The empty blood bags in the trash were completely dry, and the liquor residue in the dirty tumbler next to the the tattered chair had congealed on the bottom of the glass. Wondering where the vampire could have gone in daylight, he looked around some more, searching for clues. He found nothing, or rather, he found a great deal, but it was only enough to give him more insight into how the vampire lived from day to day, and not where he might have gone. He was surprised and impressed to find that Spike had amassed quite a collection of literature, which he kept on hidden bookcases behind a drape of black sheets on the lower level of the crypt. 
Some of the volumes were first editions and appeared very old. A noise from upstairs caught his attention, and he hurried to climb the ladder, not wanting Spike to think he was prying. Spike, he called, rising from the subterranean chamber, but there was no answer. He paused, looking around, his senses screaming that danger was lurking in the shadows. Spike, he called again. Bad man, came a voice from the gloom, and a figure floated into the dim haze of diffused light. Come for my spike. Ice washed through Giles' veins as he recognized the vampire. Bollocks, I forgot about Drusilla. He had enough time to think before she knocked him out with a cattle prod. Spike was glad that Sunny Hell police were considerate enough to put the crime scene car inside the station house. If he hadn't known better, he would have thought they had done it precisely so those fatally allergic to sunlight could get in. It was easy enough to force the door. The lock was pathetic, really, and in moments he was inside the train car. The police had taped the outline of the bodies all sprawled in their seats, except for the outline for the station master who was on the floor and he examined them, catching the splatters of blood the forensic crews had overlooked. He also found the dirty, blindfolded Miss Edith tucked away on the luggage rack. Sighing, his heart felt heavy. He examined the doll, sniffing it to confirm that it was indeed Drusilla's doll. The scent was unmistakable, and he would know it anywhere. There was no longer any doubt in his mind. Drew had returned. Bloody hell. Now what do I do? His first thought was to go to Rupert, but the Watcher wasn't home or at the magic box when he looked for him, so he returned to his crypt. There, he found signs of a struggle, and smelled both Giles and Drew's scents. The dread had already reached his throat when he found Giles's glasses crushed on the crypt floor, right where he would be sure to find them. In a way, the broken eyewear gave him hope. Drew was sending a message. That meant the water, the Watcher was probably still alive. Besides, Drew always did like to play with her prey before killing them. Like a cat she was. A big demonic hellcat who had Giles. Spike knew he had no choice, but he dreaded it nonetheless. He had planned to apologize to Joyce for not bringing Dawn home. Now he had another reason to go over to Ravello Drive. One much less pleasant. Bucking up... He tucked Miss Edith into his coat and headed out. Buffy wasn't there when he arrived, but both Joyce and Dawn were in the kitchen. They welcomed him warmly, Dawn preening like teenage girls were wont to do, her long brown hair in childish braids. Joyce made cocoa and talked about her duplicate shipments of Greek amphorae, making them chuckle while he sat there on sat on the counter. But they didn't get it... But they didn't get that it was a copy of the bill of lading. They thought it was another order form, so now I've got two shipments of Greek amphorae on my hands, Joyce explained, smiling. Spike smiled, too. It was good to see Joyce's vibrant... It was good to see Joyce vibrant and healthy again. A quick sniff revealed that the old blood was still there, but it was fainter. It warmed him and made him feel so much better. Joyce was going to be all right. Funny. And really, how many of them do you need? He commented. Joyce looked at the kitchen entrance, her face lighting up, and Spike knew that Buffy had arrived home. Before he had dressed smartly and 
Before, he had dressed smartly in gray pullover and black leather blazer, but this time he stayed in his usual black-on-black. Having never lived through the other timeline, Buffy would never know the difference. Oh, Buffy, Joyce greeted. Spike came over to apologize for yesterday, she explained, teasingly shaking Dawn's hands. Our missing child drama. Buffy came in, looking at them all, her guard up and her eyes wary, but he smiled and tried to join in at putting her at ease. Then I got started talking about the gallery. See, there was this bill of lading, Joyce began, seeing Buffy's unconvinced look. Oh, don't get us all laughing again, Joyce. Anyhow, I really need to talk to your eldest, Spike interrupted, hopping down from the counter. About what? she asked. He beckoned her to follow and led her away from Joyce and Dawn. She stepped in front of him, arms crossed, and he wondered what he had done to make her angry. He sighed, not needing any more stress. We've got a problem. A big problem. I got a bead on the one who killed those people, the ones on the train, he told her, his stomach sinking as he reached into his coat for the doll. Do tell. He pulled Miss Edith out and showed it to her. She stared at it a moment she stared at it a moment confused. Then her eyes opened wise and she stared wide and she stared at him. Drusilla? she gasped. He nodded solemnly. There's more. Oh great. I think she has your watcher. Giles? I, sm I smelled both their scents in my crypt, and there were signs of a struggle. And she left his grass glasses all crushed on the floor. Buffy looked as if she were going to be sick, and he hurried to comfort her. I don't think she intends to kill him, at least not right away. The glasses were a message. It's me she wants. Buffy huffed. Oh, great. Your crazy ex-hoe of a girlfriend has my watcher and is using him as bait? Why do I have the strangest sensation that I've lived this before? He had to suppress a manic giggle. If only you knew, love. Okay, we have to find them. Can you do your bloodhound thing and sniff them out? I could, but Drew's another vamp, and she'll know how to hide her trail. That said, I doubt she'll be hard to find. She only knows a few places here, and she'll probably pick the place that's the worst for Giles, he replied. Buffy's brow furrowed, and she hardened. The mansion on Crawford Street. That's what I was thinking. The Slayer came out, and it was all business. Let's grab some weapons and go. <clears throat> he was sore and tied to a chair, but otherwise unharmed. Waking from his electricity-induced unconsciousness, Giles opened his eyes and took stock of his whereabouts. The mansion where Angelus tortured me. Oh, dear God, and Drusilla, why didn't she bite me? Don't like the taste of watchers, Drusilla answered, floating into his field of vision, all fish oil and old books. She had him tied to a chair in one of the mansion's bedrooms. While dusty and neglected, there was still a large four-poster bed draped in dark velvet curtains. Drew had amassed quite a collection of weapons and torture equipment on the mattress. He shuddered. Shush, the vampirist scolded. Not for you. She pulled out a set of manacles and placed them on the bed with a loving caress. My spike's been a bad boy, helping the slayer in killing demons. I thought it was the pixies lying to me, and then the stars told me it was true. The true motive for him kidnapping, for her kidnapping him and bringing him here became clear. You intend to torture him, he said. Drew gave him one of her blank stares, half here and half in the past. Bad children need to be punished. Like me and Daddy. 
Daddy taught me how. Giles shivered, remembering what he had suffered at Angelus's hands, and realizing that not even family members had been spared the demon's wrath. Angel had told him what Angelus had done to Drew. Could it be possible that Drusilla had tried the same tortures on her ch child? Oh, yes, in the beginning, when William still cried, she replied, reminding him again that his thoughts were not protected if he hadn't didn't shield from her. I would make him cry more. Sometimes Daddy would, too. Then he learned that between my legs was better than across my knee, and he stopped crying. Became my beautiful, deadly boy, and would be my darling, until the Slayer took him from me. She smashed a chamber pot that had been sitting on the floor, the porcelain shards scattering over the rug. Giles flinched. Pixies lie. They always lie, but I saw the Slayer floating all around him, laughing at me. He wouldn't push her away. And then he left. She wandered seemingly aimlessly, humming softly to herself. Grandmama helped, but I want my boy back. I want my family. Grandma, Spike, and Daddy... She drew a cat of nine tails from an armoire, along with a pair of pincers, and looked at them dreamily. But I can't get da Daddy until I have my spike. And William cries again. Need to teach him. Some lessons have been forgotten. He watched her as she placed the whip and pincers on the bed, feeling sick to his stomach, even as he knew, as a new understanding came to him. Drew and Angelus had used pain and pleasure to mold Spike into the demon that he had become, and his suspicion that Spike was a persona used mostly as a defensive mechanism was confirmed. Not that William the Bloody hadn't been a killer, but he obviously hadn't met the standards of evil required by Angelus. Daddy said, shut that miserable cur up or I'll hack him to bits. And I couldn't have that, he was my playmate, my knight. "'the fairest and bravest in all the land. "'So I taught him not to cry. "'Then Daddy said I had to share. "'Didn't like that much. "'Daddy always made him bleed so much "'then made me clean the sheets.' "'How inconsiderate of him,' Giles thought. "'Daddy always knew what was best for us,' Drew sighed. "'And I knew what's best for my Spike. "'He'll be here soon with that nasty slayer.' "'Left your spectacles for him to find.' "'She looked at him, her eyes cold. "'I'll kill her. "'And you. "'And then I'll get my spike back, "'and we'll be a family again.' "'With that, she floated out, humming again, "'and he didn't relax until he couldn't hear her any more. "'He took in the bed, covered with whips and weapons "'that would, be, that would do a Spanish Inquisitor proud, "'and he shivered.' God help them both, he prayed. Well, Ian, we did another one. We did it! Uh, yep. It's another good one, too, I think. We're the best uh, around! Yeah. Jack. And, uh, we, yes. It's always a good one for me. Thanks, man. Me, too. When me I'm too. with you. Because... It's it, it's it's just a good excuse to spend more more time to, to yeah, get exactly. besties and yeah 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 it's a one wonderful time to hell uh, with everyone we, listening I'm I'm just kidding. we did say <laughs> <laughs> we did say this was gonna be a shorter one but I don't know if it's yeah we yeah we failed on that 
but that's okay. I'm yeah. I'm gonna gonna be the one uh, ending it. Fun, fun, funnily enough, but uh, yeah, next week uh, for our list of shame uh, films, we will be watching Good Morning Vietnam. Vietnam. A little celebration Vietnam, of Robin. Vietnam, Vietnam. Yeah, um, we 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 randomly rolled our three films, and one of them that came out was Good Morning Viet Vietnam, and. Uh, we unanimously d decided since it was recently the anniversary of Robin Williams' passing, we were just going to watch that just as a means of uh, celebrating his life and uh, you know, pay paying a little bit, a bit of a tri tribute there. Um, and then we'll also be watching uh, French Kiss, which I um, I don't know anything about, but that it should be fun. Kevin um, Klein, Meg Ryan. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. That's already a win, I, I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, on a personal front, um, as I just kind of mentioned, I'm taking over the editing duties for the po podcast just to sort of uh, ease some of Ian's uh, work workload. And um, it, it'll also give me a little more uh, pra practice in terms of uh, editing and whatnot. And I'll be putting some of my own fla flavor to, to it. Um, we'll see what uh, happens there. Um, and of course, um, I'm going to be working on the next round of pa Patreon reading still, and I'm also going to be editing, uh, the commentary track Ian and our friend Lani recorded for the film Passengers, which is a wonderful film if you haven't seen it. Well, Passengers. I love it. I, 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 lo I, I love it too, but we love it for very different reasons. I, I will hand, hands down say that that film is like a nine, a nine out of ten. I will argue that till to my dying breath. Love it. Maybe we have a conversation about passengers at some point. I'm down. I'm right. down. Um, yeah, hopefully that'll be up sometime next week. Um, and it'll be available to purchase on the website for just a couple of bucks. I think one, two. Yeah, I think we do $2 and then it's free yeah. to patrons at a certain level. And I'm trying right. to figure out how to get the video versions of them uploaded to the YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. uh, we we activated subscribers uh, through the YouTube channel. If you go to the main page now, there's a subscribe button. Um, and at the moment... It, it's join, I think, right? Join. join. At the yeah. moment, that gives you access to sporadic uh, Friday videos, I coffee posts I do, where I just talk about how the week has gone and my process and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then some emoticons for live streams. We have the Jesus Jack, which I'm very happy with. And we're That's working cool. on the candle. Yes. And there are <laughs> um, uh, some other emotes which have proven to be surprisingly apropos for uh, yes. the way the live streams <laughs> go for me. Um, and we're adding yeah, others. Um, but I'm trying to add other uh, some of the Patreon bonuses to the YouTube subscription. Um, like Discord uh, stuff. It's not easy and i'm always sort of torn with between should i be working on an episode guide or this stuff but you taking over right. the for me the podcast usually is a whole day of work sometimes a little yeah. bit more um and so for you to take over the role for that is huge and um yeah. uh, will yeah. help out a lot yeah and uh and uh you also said that uh if i add them they could be as long as i want them to be so i am yeah. so down yeah, uh, if you want to sit and upload 30 yeah. gigs. We were having a friendly debate about the uh, length and what the ideal length was. I was team longer and Ian was team shorter. And uh, I was I was saying uh, I'm team girthier. You know, like team, I want more team, content. Team practical. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, better okay. content, not necessarily longer. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, <laughs> so anyway, Ian, what are you up to uh, this week or next week, the upcoming week? I'm ten years old. Um, I'm gonna. Uh, I'm probably about an hour away from finishing the Fool for Love script. Holy cow! Um, I'm so and- excited, dude. I'm so excited. Uh, it's too much pressure. Don't be excited. It's, don't, it's gotta don't, be wonderful, and you know it. Shut uh, up. La, 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 but also, la, 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 I love la, la, you. La. I love you. You're, um, you're wonderful. I love you too. So uh, I should have that finished tomorrow, recorded tomorrow, and then I'm going to have the video done by Friday. If I don't have the video done by Friday, I will upload a video to Instagram of me eating a ghost pepper hot wing. You know you've just said that on the podcast, and I'm not cutting that. I'm not Don't cutting worry, that. nobody listens to this podcast anyway. I'm kidding. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thanks for join- joining us, folks. Um, yeah, yep. It's always a great time. Have a great week. Um, yeah. yeah, I just I enjoy doing this. We'll see you guys next week. Please take care yep. of yourselves. Bye-bye.